0: This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out of home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics Studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. Hey there, gobble, gobble, gobble. Thanksgiving weekend. Hope you're having a A smooth one with your family and friends. My name is Adam Ritz. This is The Adam Ritz Show. And Jay Baker joining me on the telephone, probably full to the gills with stuffing and mashed potatoes. And uh, how was your Thanksgiving, Jay?
1: It was fantastic. And as I've always told you, this is the season of comfortable pants. You don't (laughs) want to go total sweatpants because that has an air of giving up. You know, I but but you do want to wear the most comfortable pair of pants that you have that still look like pants.
0: I've got some brown corduroys. I wore them uh, on Thursday, and uh, I still have them on. They are they're big. Uh, they do require a belt during any other time of the year, but this weekend, no belt required.
1: <laughs> no belt required. No belt required. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, this is the best time in the year. We've always talked about it. I uh, was talking on the air the other day that's what a great holiday when you can combine gratitude and NFL football and food all in the same thing. And with very little controversy, that's what I like about it. You know, you, <laughs> there's not some wiseacre chiming in about how you shouldn't eat like a king, you know? Yeah,
0: it's all good. It is all good. It's all good. good. Well, uh, this previous uh, Thursday, not only was it uh, Thanksgiving, but uh, it was Turkey Trot Day, uh, Drumstick Dash Day. Uh, a lot of families get out there. It's their tradition not only to eat 10,000 calories uh, on Thursday, Uh, But you start the day with a little run, a 5K, and it raises money for charity. And I wanted to pick one out called America's Turkey Trot and their website, americasturkeytrot.com. I found this quite interesting. It's a virtual turkey trot. So pretty much uh, any municipality, uh, city, burg, town has their own turkey trot or drumstick dash. Uh, If you were not able to make one, you could do one virtually and maybe just do it in your own neighborhood with your own family. And they have a a 5K challenge on their website. It's a virtual turkey trot. I thought that was cool. In 2021, they raised over $40,000 for their uh, sister charity called World Central Kitchen. So we don't have the number yet on what they raised for 2022. We'll have that Uh, in an upcoming episode, but uh, if you'd like to learn more about this virtual turkey trot to do it next year or even give now that it's over, you can still give. There's a donation button right there on their website. Uh, It is americasturkeytrot.com. And Jay, on their website, they are uh, selling swag and a portion of the proceeds goes to charity as well. But the swag, have you seen the participants in a turkey trot or a drumstick dash how everybody some people wear like the turkey it's a hat that looks like a turkey right
1: oh yeah you've got to have the full <laughs> full on uh, effects to do it uh,
0: some people go to the costume shop and they rent a turkey mascot costume head to toe with even with the big yellow feet <laughs> uh, but there's all there's all kind of interesting uh, outfits and gear to wear during a turkey trot they've got some swag That's pretty cool. Um, Socks, like knee socks that are striped like turkey legs, matching hats and uh, shirts. So uh, if your family's into the turkey trot drumstick-tradition, dash uh, remember this website for next Thanksgiving, americasturkeytrot.com. And I'll put a link to that on our website uh, connected to this episode, adamritzshow.com. And as always, you can listen to this episode uh, in podcast form or any of our recent shows on that website, AdamRitzShow.com. Now, I don't know if I could get out right now and run a 5K. Um, the the food is still lodged in my, in my throat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why we've always said, you know, if you can, if you feel up to it, Do the turkey trot, you know, the day of Thanksgiving so that then you can go home and then eat with, you know, just without any shred of of worry at all, because you're going to need a billion calories to replace the calories you just expended, you know, so. That's right. And you I'm, don't have to have any guilt at all. And, and I'm, as you said, you always, you know, the, most of them raise money for very good uh, charities.
0: And I'm, I'm terrible at math, so you know, running a, a 5K and burning uh, 600 calories to me absolutely makes up the difference for the 10,000 calories I ate later on yes. in the day. Those are, yeah. those are, that's a, that's an equal, that's an equal trade. Run 5K, yeah, that's an equal. Eat whatever you want. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Every scientist on the planet would go, duh.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Eat
1: the whole pie, don't just eat a slice.
0: Okay, so uh, ending the you know the month of November, uh, once again, I wanted to um, give a, a tip of the hat to uh, John Oates of Holland Oates. He is the uh, official international spokesperson this month for Movember. He grew his world-famous mustache back that he... Um, I, I didn't even realize he shaved it off in the '90s, uh, and he was mustacheless. But he's got that puppy back, world-famous John Oates mustache, and he helped raise money and awareness for Movember, which is uh, the month of uh, health, health, uh, healthcare, healthware, healthcare awareness, or health awareness rather, health awareness for men's health and men's mental health. So not only prostate and colon cancer, but um, mental health as well. So. We tip our hat to John Oates. Uh, you make my dreams come true. What's your favorite Helen Oates song?
1: Oh, I think uh, Private Eyes.
0: Private Eyes. Oh, that's a great one. That is a great one. I, I love Man Eater. Love the intro. That's a great one. Well,
1: I, and I was fortunate. I worked in radio. I, I think it was their first album. It was their very first album called Abandoned Luncheonette? It could be.
0: I, I'm not I think well-versed on been... the titles of the album, but I'm sure that's the one they wore the clogs the high-heeled gloves yeah
1: yeah and then they had sarah smile on it and everything so yeah i got i kind of got in on the ground floor and as you said hall and oates i mean they have been uh, uh they've been a staple ever since they're kind of the sound of philadelphia you know
0: they are they're uh i believe the highest selling duo in music history
1: Oh, that that's great. And uh, Rock
0: and Roll Hall of Famers as well. And Good Guys. And they support charities like Movember. All right. So as we uh, have December uh, right around the corner in front of us, uh, what would you like to do, uh, Jay? You want to pre-sell no- December or you want to wrap up November?
1: Well, let's kind of like get in between because you're right. We are kind of the twixt in between. This is the season. Most people kind of say after Thanksgiving, They don't mind the Christmas stuff as much, and I, when I say as much, even people that really love the holiday season sometimes will get a little annoyed when it's a mild November and all of a sudden you're hearing Christmas carols at the hardware store. You know how that goes.
0: Yeah, you know, I I don't mind it. I'm a sucker for Christmas music and holiday tunes, uh, but it does. I will agree exactly with what you just said. On November first, the day after Halloween if it's still a nice day, if it's sunny and 68 degrees and I, I'm hearing here comes Santa Claus when I'm walking through a box store, that that doesn't compute.
1: That's absolutely right. And you and I, of course, being involved in radio for as long as we've been involved with radio, uh, there was always these, uh, I always call them kind of gimmicky Christmas songs. All of a sudden, you know, you have your traditional classics. Let's face it, when Burl Ives start singing about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. That, my friends, that's tradition. But when you get Backstreet Boys doing It's a Lonely Christmas Without You, it's just it might be too much and that's the one you hear in the hardware store.
0: Yeah, I the new the new Christmas songs when they get the new artists and they try to they just throw them throw some sleigh bells in the background, I I just I would rather hear the traditional songs. Johnny Mathis Winter Wonderland. That's my favorite one of all time.
1: There you go. Yeah. And for me, it's uh, Mel Torme's Christmas song sung by Mel himself. Uh, That's almost a tearjerker version of that song. We Uh, are so
0: cool. You and I talking about Johnny Mathis and Mel Torme.
1: (laughs) <laughs> if i think we're going to we're gonna be a big trouble here
0: 1979 jay baker classic rock radio with led zeppelin and sticks and now you're talking about <laughs> mel torme and he's one of your all-time favorites
1: mel used to travel around with sticks <laughs> sometimes opening some of their shows yeah our hypnosis factor has just gone way down but yeah i think the more contemporary christmas i mean to, to me there has to be a limit you know um I don't know where that limit is, but it's out there somewhere. Well, you know, every
0: uh, every single artist is is hoping for that Mariah Carey effect. You know, you do the one song, um, "All I Want for Christmas Is You." That was a new song. I mean, today it is. It's a traditional Christmas song. It's, it's been around. Timeless. Yeah, it's been around for so many years that it's uh, you hear those opening notes and you immediately know what it is. And that song makes her in royalties like ten million dollars every holiday season. So I every time that. every time a new artist or an original artist puts out an original Christmas song, that's what they're hoping for. They're hoping for that Mariah Carey effect so they can make a quick 10 mil every, you know, from, from Halloween to Christmas. Oh, I know. Uh, a quick 10 mil in the royalty. What do you call that? Mailbox money? When the royalty check comes? The mailbox, comes? yeah, the when mailbox the check's money. out
1: there. Now, here's my question, though. How did Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas Is You become as gigantic as it is, I think a big part of it was its feature in the movie Love Actually, which is very popular during the holidays. But do you think that that and that alone made it that popular? Uh,
0: Well, that is uh, one of the more popular, uh, I guess, contemporary uh, uh, holiday films. Um, And in fact, when that movie came out, I never considered that a a Christmas movie. Um, But over the years, it's become uh, a christmas film I, I i love watching it during the holidays and and that's when yeah. the the movie channels start playing it over and over and over uh when it first came out it was just a hugh grant romantic comedy uh but now it's a christmas movie and and yeah that song's featured heavily in that in that movie and uh maybe mariah owes hugh grant some of that 10
1: million maybe
0: um, you never know i do if love nothing else since we're touching on that movie, I, I wish I could have Total Recall and know exactly what the song was called. But the uh, the aging rock star in that movie that had the Christmas song and he swore yes. if it went number one, he'd sing naked on TV. <laughs> That's one of the yes. best
1: parts. <laughs> that of the is movie. splendid. Absolutely. Yeah, that was. Uh, oh yeah, it, it was a it was a parody or not or you know it was a copy uh, of uh, of another song love is all around and yeah. then he changes it to christmas is all around that's us, right and yeah and it's, he it's very funny and then bill Nye is the british actor that plays yes. that character and he is spot on
0: and he's he's doing the uh, television interviews to promote the song and he is just honest to the bone saying that the song is an absolute turd <laughs> he's like this song is terrible but if you help me make it number one i'll sing naked on tv
1: Oh, uh, uh, that that movie is absolutely the best. So, yeah, that, amongst many other Christmas favorites, good for this time of year. Here's a, kind of a, a sad story, but, you know, we ch- we've touched on this a little bit. You know, inflation has become a greater factor in the last few months. So your holiday meal and your holiday gift giving is going to cost you a little bit more. But there's some concern that inflation will have an effect on charity this year. We were very proud of Americans who reached deep in their pockets during the pandemic and actually increased charitable gift giving. But they think this year there may be a decline in gift giving, and it's directly related to uh, to inflation.
0: That completely makes sense. I mean, you can't fault somebody for... You know, putting their children and family first with their own bills and uh, responsibilities before they give to charity—that totally makes sense.
1: Yeah, it's a tough situation, and I know it's become politicized. So we won't go on and on about it. But uh, yeah, well, so we're hoping for everybody that uh, that you have a uh, happy holiday and a prosperous New Year, because uh, that's something that we'd all like to see. Mm-hmm. Here's a here's a great auction. You know, we've always talked about. Uh, these dream car auctions and they crop up in different forms. And like, here's the example that we always give Uh, somebody donates a Ferrari, let's say, and they'll have a, Uh, charitable donation, meaning that uh, they'll sell X number of raffle tickets for that Ferrari, Mm -hmm. uh, finite number. And then obviously one person gets to drive away with a Ferrari, but someone is also the recipient of a lot of charity money. Well, this is the BMW auction for Ronald McDonald. It happens in Atlanta each year because uh, BMW, uh is partnered with the ronald mcdonald house which does an amazing amount of good for families who have children that are hospitalized uh they provide support to those families but the bmw auction is kind of cool because it's 100 dollars tickets and this year they made it so that you could buy as many as you'd like
0: oh yeah increase your
1: chances Uh, Yeah, because it was always before there was a finite number. And they did that, you know, to sort of increase everybody's individual chances. But this year they feel like this may incentivize uh, somebody out there that can afford $100 tickets uh, to actually purchase even more tickets.
0: You know, I may buy uh, if you have I'm assuming the car. Let's just say the car is worth about fifty thousand dollars. You could buy. That's
1: actually a great
0: guess. Is that a good guess? You could buy. That's an excellent guess. You could buy five thousand tickets at a hundred bucks mm-hmm. each, and that's fifty thousand dollars. And you could you could maybe almost guarantee that you win the car,
1: or you could just go oh, okay. buy a
0: fifty thousand dollars BMW. <laughs> um,
1: but, that's a that's the gift that keeps on giving the BMW.
0: I would uh, I would invest. I don't know. I'd, I'd get three of these tickets, $300 for, uh, you know, at the minimum, it'd be an honor to support the Ronald McDonald House by giving them $300. And if you're telling me there's a chance I could win a $50,000 car, that is what that would makes nice. charity auctions so fantastic.
1: Yeah, we've always talked about that, about how, how really cool they are, because if you stop to think about it for a while, you go, hey, I was going to give to charity anyway, but what would happen if I'm tooling down the road in a car that I want, that would just be, that'd be nice.
0: Then you'd also, just for, I guess, uh, karma, you would have to drive through McDonald's every single day in that car.
1: <laughs> just get at least
0: an ice cream cone and some large fries
1: oh yeah well i've always laughed about you know if you had that kind of car you know you're pulling up to pick up your kids at soccer practice and you're really just rubbing it in wherever you can you, it's the, you know usually with my car i slump down so that nobody can see me but this would be the opposite effect you know
0: but if you pulled up in that car everybody would know you want it
1: Well, there you go. See, that's the catch. How would Jay Baker get a
0: BMW? Well, he must have won it.
1: It's that difference between new money and old money. (laughs) Absolutely. Hey, this is an interesting note. And the time frame is fascinating. NASA says that the moon will be livable by the year 2030. So kind of closer than we think. I saw that.
0: Like, not just livable. Like, it's not going to be one person living in a cubicle. They're talking like a little miniature city where people live and work.
1: Yes. And that's they eight years working, away. Yeah, eight years. They, they are working on a sustainability uh, survey or a sustainability program right now to create, just as Adam said, uh, actual dwellings that people will live in, uh, vehicles that we'll get around the moon on because, believe it or not, uh, we kind of proved uh, with the moon buggy during the Apollo missions uh, that you can drive around on the moon pretty easily. Now there's not as many good highways or rest stops, (laughs) but (laughs) it's easy to drive around on the moon. And uh, uh,
0: you're right. The interstate system up there is terrible.
1: Yeah, you got to be really careful. If your car breaks down, AAA takes a long time. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but NASA is excited about the moon uh, because they feel like not only will that teach us to sort of live in uh, an environment that's, uh, you know, outside the world's environment, but that they think the moon will be a good jumping off point for deeper space exploration.
0: Well, that's the first step. Uh, if you have a radio station on the moon what uh, you know they call radio stations on earth terrestrial they are terrestrial right. stations terrestrial for uh, Terran for earth um, what would what would the uh, uh, word be on the moon for it wouldn't be terrestrial would, be- would
1: it no, it would be would it be extraterrestrial? Oh Jay Baker
0: <laughs> coming through That I'm, is, telling you. I'm telling you, when I used to work in terrestrial radio, they'll in, in the future, a hundred years from now, they'll say when I used to work in extraterrestrial radio. Yeah. I think I think we just coined that term. Uh somehow I feel the dot com's probably already gone, but um extraterrestrial radio. We've got to look into Uh, getting some sort of um, uh, patent for that.
1: Now, we don't want to mess up the fun, but they are concerned now because they feel that over the next four or five years, up to one billion, billion with a B, young people will be at risk for some hearing loss because of the way we live our lifestyle.
0: For sure. Earbuds, yeah. full volume, hearing loss. Uh, it That's ha- it would exactly have to right.
1: You nailed it. That's it. The, Those are the big contributors. Earbuds, because we're so used to Bigger, Better, Best, uh, wireless headphones, concert events, even sporting events. You and I are big fans of college football and college football stadium environments can be downright dangerous to your hearing.
0: Yeah, they uh, during uh, a third down uh, at pretty much any stadium uh, in America, they'll put a graphic on the uh, jumbotron that tells you what the decibel level is, and it's uh, recently I saw a decibel level at 110.
1: That has yeah, to cause some uh, hearing issues. Oh, it sure does. Now, according to the World Worth- World Health Organization, some 430 mi- 430 million people already have some hearing loss the National Institutes of Health says that you should try to keep your environmental sounds down to 85 decibels or lower. So yes, if you're in a football stadium, it's third down and it gets up to 110, you might say, wow, this is not good at all for my hearing.
0: Your hearing uh, is at risk if you are in a heavy metal band uh, or Mm -hmm. if you are uh, a rock and roll DJ with the with the headphones, or if you yes. are um, a season ticket holder for the Kansas City Chiefs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> yeah, there's some pretty loud stadiums and some pretty loud collegiate stadiums. Uh, it says here that the rule of thumb, I thought this was great, uh, the rule of thumb for whether it's too loud or not is take your earbuds out of your ears, don't change the volume at all, Hold your earbuds at arm's length, and if you can still hear music, it's too loud. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Uh, I made, that makes it easy.
0: I'm laughing because there's there are times where I'm in public and there's somebody five arm lengths away from me, and I can hear their earbuds in their <laughs>
1: in their skull. I can hear it.
0: What about the guy oh, next yeah. to you at the traffic light that has his uh, bass booming and his um in his Supra in his Toyota Supra?
1: Absolutely, you know he's uh, he's possibly uh, setting himself up to have hearing loss later.
0: But he looks really cool at the
1: red Oh, light. it absolutely is cool. Yeah. We've always said that the booming bass speaker—don't let it die, keep it going. If it's too loud, <laughs> you're too old. You're too old. You want to make it sound like your car is disassembling itself. <laughs> it actually, you can hear the screws in the door unscrewing themselves. That's what—that's <laughs> the kind of booming base you want to have, my friend. <laughs> oh, I thought this was so cool. Um, the Naval Academy in Annapolis, a pretty prestigious uh, group, is going to hold uh, the annual Giving Tree Charity. They are joining together with their faculty, staff, and the midshipmen themselves they actually uh, select an ornament off a tree. And you've you've heard of the tradition of the giving tree, haven't you? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's a a needy person's name and some sizes and some gift ideas. And so what happens is after you select an ornament, you buy the gift. And because it's the Naval Academy, so it's uh, very prestigious, the Salvation Army, actually then wraps the gift and makes sure the recipient gets it.
0: That is a great tie-in for the Salvation Army and uh, the Naval Academy. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool. And they feel that this year they're going to serve over 500 children in the greater Annapolis area, which uh, also sort of encompasses Baltimore as well.
0: Yes, for sure. That's, that's so cool. That is Hats off to the uh, Naval Academy. That is
1: cool. Now, here's my question for you, Adam. Can money buy happiness? Uh,
0: In my experience, yes,
1: without a doubt. Um, (laughs) It's funny you said that (laughs) because (laughs) the altruistic answer is, why, no, money is, uh, you know, money is important, but it's not, it doesn't have the ability to buy happiness, but Sadly, yes, money does buy happiness. I thought this was a brilliant look at the actual mechanism of having money. The University of British Columbia had a new study where they recruited 300 people. And they recruited those 300 people at random internationally. They came from nations like Brazil, Indonesia, Kenya, all the way up to You know the type of nations that you know, like Australia, the United States, United Kingdom, that have lifestyles that we would be most familiar with. Well, of those 300 people, they turned around and gave 200 of those individuals $10,000. And
0: and they were happy. The study was over.
1: (laughs) They said, "Thank you for the loot." but I, I am no longer participating no they said thank you very much and they uh looked at their greater happiness level and there's a couple of things that came out of this um that uh that's not, not one
0: that not one of the 200 people was sad after they were handed ten thousand happiness does cost something it's apparently with these 200 people it's 10 grand that's their price.
1: Well they yeah, they even gave them the ten thousand and to sort of overcome the you know, because you know, thankfully there are those amongst us that would actually save uh some of that ten thousand dollars. They said that you had to spend the ten thousand dollars in its entirety in three months time. And they found that it had a genuine reflection on their overall happiness uh meter. So I thought that was very interesting. You know, it's the usual things that come out of these studies. If you live in Brazil and let's just say, you know, your average mean income is, you know, uh, $8,000 a year uh, because there are some very poor sections of that country, yes, $10,000 is absolutely amazing. But you could also have uh, a millionaire in Australia and give him $10,000. He's happy too. yes he's happy this so study. ten thousand dollars
0: now wait a minute did you start by saying uh and maybe i misheard you did you say they they started with 300 random people and they gave 200 of them? random
1: people so, yeah so they did the 200 did of they the 300 did
0: they give the 200 people 10 grand in front of the other 100 people that didn't get anything
1: well, I don't think the what? other people knew. They just knew. You know how, you know how it's like publishers clearing out. You send in the card. You don't know whether you're going to win or not. Okay. It could be your neighbor. could be, yeah. It was just uh, 200 selected at random of the 300.
0: And then, so of the of the 100 left over that did not get the 10 grand, did they study their happiness level?
1: Oh, yeah, they filled out all the questionnaires, too. And they were very sad. They weren't as happy. They were a little less (laughs) happy. (laughs) They were less happy. (laughs) Yeah. So, no, but I just thought that was just uh, a fascinating thing that, you know, that altruistically we'd love to be able to say, oh, no, money, not important. But, you know, and we've talked about now charities that look at getting cash into people's hands because it tends to be a more effective gift and more effective for the recipient to utilize money, cash money. So that, to me, fascinated me because you think, okay, Red Cross, we're going to help you rebuild your house. No, you'd be better off if the Red Cross gave you a significant check, Mm -hmm. and then you decide how you want to rebuild your house.
0: Now, some quick math here I did. Uh, $10,000 for 200 people, that's a total of Mm -hmm. $1 million. I could have saved the University of British Columbia a million dollars by just telling them that money does bring happiness. Interesting uh, stuff, Jay. Uh, maybe you and I in the future will be one of those 200 people the next time they do this study. We'll have to start vacationing in British Columbia more often uh, and walk around like we're poor. Maybe they'll bring us in to one of these studies and hand us 10 grand. All right, so uh, wrapping up the holiday weekend, Thanksgiving weekend, hope you had a great time with your family. Uh, We look forward to the next month of December with more fun topics to talk about in the world of public affairs. Uh, You can join me on Twitter, at Adam Ritz, and I am on Instagram, at Adam Ritz Show. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics Audio Out-of-Home Marketplace at vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit adamritzshow.com.